Hey everybody, this is George Wow of the Mana Cooler Podcast. And when I'm not chugging mana, I'm listening to HearthCast with your hosts, Root and Freckleface, part of the Ego Podcasting Network. A new episode starts right now. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of HearthCast, episode number 166 for patch 5.2, made possible by Open Rate. Our topic for this episode is digging it. And now excellence in podcast studios it's time for another episode of hearthcast my name is root and i play a goblin warlock and this is Freckleface, and i play a goblin hunter we are a podcast with a casual World of Warcraft player. Coming up in episode number 166 of HearthCast, has Mop killed raiding? We hear from a listener who thinks so. We have an awesome add-on to help you with your battle pet daily tamers. And we're going to get some stuff done with Dead Guy. He's going to tell us all about Zandalari War Scouts and Warbringers. What a week this has been, Freckleface. Yeah, you've had a quite an intense week. It's been intense, yeah. but... How has your week in the world of Warcraft been? Uh, I had a second week in a row where I didn't get anything from LFR, except for a chess piece I already got. Like, that's the most disappointing thing ever. Like, something drops, it's purple, it's shiny, it's got a lot of stats, you do shift, uh, click to see how it compares, and it's the same thing. You're like, oh. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I only get new shinies out of LFRs when I run them. Well, apparently it's a problem, because I complained about it in Guild, and someone said they've had it happen where they have won a piece, used their bonus roll, and gotten the same piece. I'd be really mad at that. Yeah. <laughs> if I won a piece that I already had, and then used a bonus roll, yeah. and won that same piece again, that's like, right. you know. So, I know they have something built in to... Protect you from unlucky streaks. You need to build in something to protect you from dupes. From dupes? Yeah, like once you've already received an item, like lower the drop rate of that. Hmm. And increase the drop rate of other stuff. I don't know. You can vendor it and get gold. It's worth something. Yeah, but it didn't help me in the long run. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. I need, I need my gear. So, what about you? What do you want to tell us about? Well, let's see. I did my preliminary run uh, for a new computer. Ah, Went over with uh, synergy, synergy. Yeah. and he, he was super busy too. Ah. So I was I was honored that he took time out of his busy schedule, and it was really funny. <laughs> I was leaving right, yeah. After I mean, man, we saw all this really cool stuff. I picked stuff out like, oh, this is cool. This oh, so cool. It was like kid in candy shop. So I'm going to leave, right? Yeah. And this person walks up to him and says. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, sir. Uh, can can you help me? And he's like, "Yes. What's, what what can I do for you?" He goes, "Um, I'm looking for an analog phone, and that sign that's hanging from the ceiling right over there says you have the widest selections of analog phones, and we can't find any." And he points to a sign right above their head and goes, "Yes, sir." And that sign right above your head says, "Coming soon, Diablo 3. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "Unfortunately, I have no say so on the signage on our store." <laughs> He goes, but I'll see if I can find some phones for you. It seems like an odd thing to advertise. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you walk in, the widest selection of analog phones. You know, it's like the ones you plug into the wall, right? Right. You know, just simple phones, like kitchen phone, basic stuff. 
<laughs> you know, well, that sign's there. You have the widest selection. Well, that sign's there. It says Diablo 3 coming soon. <laughs> I mean, don't go by the sign. I have an analog phone. You do? So do I. I don't use it. Oh. But when I got married, um, one of these really, really old ladies, they, they found out my, my wedding colors was purple. Your wedding colors was purple. My colors purple. was different shades of purple. Okay. should say that. So she got me one of those analog phones yeah. and covered it in this purple sequin fabric. And I received okay. it as a gift. Okay. It was a little strange. Still is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, if you want to get technical, it's called POTS. Oh. Yeah. It's plain old telephone system. Oh, okay. No, yeah. it's really what they call yeah. it. Really? Really. Oh. POTS is really what they call it. Oh. Um, what else did I do? Um, I tried to raid, but you know, just, it's not, whatever this 5.2 slideshow thing is, it just... It's not happening. It ain't happening. No. I'm, I'm going to be moving sooner to a new computer than uh, I had originally planned, but that's okay. Yeah. So I decided to run around and do that Chamberlain guy. You know, you find his head. The Cromber Chamberlain. Yeah. In the Isle of Thunder. Yeah, that guy. The weekly quest. Yeah. That gives you okay, a I'm not doing it ever again. Why not? It's so much fun. Dude, it's annoying. So He smack talks you when you kill things. Do you not yeah, like that? No. No. I think it's funny. No. It annoyed me at first. Yeah, well. Every once in a while he compliments you. He tells you you'd make a great slave. <laughs> so well, this is this is kind of cool. You know when you get turned into like lizard dude person? Yeah. Yeah, right? Sark. Yeah, those guys. And you can jump. Right. Well, which is fun. And so there's a part of his body, like, on this, like, cliff. Right. Is he always in the same place? No. Okay, well, Sonny, he's on this cliff. I'm like, I can get that. And I'm like, how do I get up there? I'm like, oh, I can run and jump over here. And sure. I well, I totally overshot. You know, like, I didn't expect to jump that far. Mm-hmm. And so over the cliff I go. And I'm nice. like, oh, no, I'm falling over the cliff. <laughs> but then I remembered... I'm not going to take any fall damage because no, he's, you know. you're sorry. Nah, right, right? So I fall all the way down to, like, the edge of this place where these other guys are, and now I'm not a Sarak. Oh. Now, now I'm you're Root. a goblin. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I did take some damage. But not like, I didn't die. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I landed on a treasure chest. Ooh. So I had to kill off, like, two guys, but I had a treasure chest. Nice. And I was thinking, man, what if I had fallen off and died on the treasure chest, right? Oh, there's a treasure chest. And I would have like had to run back. Yeah. And what if by the time I ran back- it, Somebody got it. Yeah. Oh. That would have been horrible. That would have been horrible. But that would have been worse than getting the, the loot. You know? Right. <laughs> but- No, don't give up on the quest. It's fun. And even the ones where the Sark one's like, yeah, you have to figure out where to jump. But it's fun. It's like That's a little puzzle. That's what I was puzzle. doing. Yeah. was jumping, jumping. Yeah, you got to go from one ledge to the other, then you overshoot it, and now you're like yeah. way over it. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy it. All right, well, maybe I'll do it again. I don't know. Have you gotten the add-on Isle of Thunder Weekly check? No. Sure. I, no, I don't have any add-ons anymore. Oh, true. Okay, well, when you get back into it and you're doing all your regular stuff regularly. I'm going to go add-on cray-cray yeah. is what I'm going to do. All right. I'm going to have like, I'll be like, oh, you mean you only have five add-ons? I'm running with 400 add-ons. I have add-ons <laughs> for my add-ons that add more add-ons to my add-ons. That's what I'm going to be like. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's me. I'm yeah. going yeah, I'm, I'm to pimp out that system. Oh, all mm. right. Yeah. Mm. So. <laughs> now, you run all your settings on Ultra. Oh, no. Yeah? I have Ultra Ultra. Ultra Ultra? Yeah. 
Yeah. Water on Ultra looks it beautiful. Does. See, here's the thing. When yeah. when when Cataclysm released, I, I was on Ultra. When Mop right. released, I was on Ultra. Right. When 5.2 hit, I can't do Jack. Ugh. So Frustrating. Very. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to go play Hello Kitty. Or, you don't know, Barbie Change a Lot or something. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a game, Barbie Change a <laughs> Lot? I don't know these things. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I went rare hunting. Yeah, because I gotta do something. You right, know? right, you know, right. I'll go rare hunt. I went around rare hunt, and I kind of had a little bit of a like. Oh, that rare is ninety. Yeah, I'll leave him alone. Oh, that rare is ninety two. Yeah, I'll leave him alone. Oh, that rare is eighty nine. He mine. He going down. <laughs> you know. So I killed like I don't know, it's like three or four rares, and I got an achievement. Nice. For killing uh, a one rare from uh, like every faction or species or something. Yeah, each type. Yeah. Yes. So now you have the achievement that you can see your progress toward called Glorious. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. It's got a list of all the rares in Mop, and there's a lot. Are there? There's a lot. I'm going to go hunting down. You should. It's fun. Um, so are you using NPC Scan or Silver Dragon? I use NPC Scan and NPC Scan Overlay. Okay. If you use Silver Dragon... They'll actually have it in the tooltip whether or not you need to kill that mob for the achievement oh, glorious. Hmm, maybe so I'll that's switch. a big upgrade. Like, I actually use Silver Dragon and then NPC Overlay because I like having the path on the map. Yeah. But I like the way Silver Dragon alerts me more because I don't like the timer on NPC Scan. Oh, it's got a timer? I feel pressure. It pops up and it says, person spotted and it starts counting. What? Mine doesn't do that. Really? Really. I don't know. Mine does. Maybe mine it's an does. option you can turn off. I don't know. Yeah. But I prefer, I like that for that reason. Um, you know, actually go on Wowhead now before I, if I've already killed the mob, if I, I, I'll go on Wowhead and read with the drop. One of the guys, remember your trinket thing, how we should be able to like, kind of like use the trinkets at this sure. level, whatever. The, yeah. It dropped uh, a trinket that gave me, uh, and I haven't used it yet, but it's a staccato warrior that comes and fights by your side for like All 10 right. minutes. That's cool. Yeah, I thought it'd be cool. I haven't used it, but I thought it'd be kind of cool. I'd be like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, man, yeah, Freckle Face was right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having a Staccato Warrior come fight by my side. Yeah, just have an on, on object use. Yeah, I've gotten yeah. a few of the um, object uses when there's one that's uh, some sort of beach ball and it decks me out in like beach bum gear and all of a sudden I'm dripping wet. Like everywhere I go, I'm like dripping water. <laughs> I'm serious. I make puddles wherever I go. You make puddles wherever you go. For like 10 minutes. Mm. And the other thing is, is that overgrown lily pad, and I forgot the name of the mob off the top of my head. It's in Valley of the Four Winds. Um, you use it, and it gives you a druid ability for an hour. See, that's cool. Yeah. So, and it signs it based on your class. So it gives me the ability dash, which lets me run and breaks me free of like stun and things like that. True. I wonder if that has anything. What's that symbiosis thing they do? That's it. I hotkeyed the dash thing. When it had it activated, as soon as it disappeared, that changed to symbiosis. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Is the dash silent? Um, the dash be silent. The dash don't be silent. <laughs> don't be silent. <laughs> <laughs> Ruin the joke. Sorry. <laughs> Way to go, Freckle Face. Uh, no, so that's cool. So you actually, it's it's a it's a trinket that gives you symbiosis. Yeah, exactly. That... It's not even a trinket, though. It's, oh. it's an item in your bag. Oh, man. Yeah. So you, is it at level? You can use it like now? Yeah, you can use it now. Oh, I'm jelly. And it should scale. I mean, because it's a durability. The durability will scale. I mean, it's just running and running for uh, however many seconds and breaking for your stuns. I mean, that'll still be useful in five more levels. 
Yeah, no, I just yeah. mean, I mean, it, it wasn't like one of those things like, you know, that's level 80 or two or something. Well, what I'm saying is it wouldn't matter. Right. Because it's not doing damage. It's a lily pad? It, yeah. I'm going to go find this lily pad. Yeah. Must find. I want that. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's smart. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, when I, when I, yeah, one day I will go around and finish bear hunting. Yeah. It's fun. I enjoy it. I used to do that back in the day, back yeah. in, in, in Wrath when I wasn't raiding, when I was doing all the, um, banking stuff with fat wallet yeah i would go rare hunting back then i remember that it was fun oh yeah there was one i just got the other day a, a hewn the the wanderer okay and uh-huh. she's in this pavilion over in oh, is that the girl that does the spins she spin does the spin kids? kick yeah, yeah, yeah. and apparently they had changed it because apparently like, your pets used to be somewhat immune to it because pets are usually kind of immune to um uh like area damage because there's no real way to control them all right, cool. But this one, she'll start kicking and it'll just kill my pet dad. T- mm. yeah. And good. she heals herself. Yes, she does. So I actually had to change specs and just completely dismiss my pet because I was like, you know what, you're more effort than you're worth right now. That was one of the first rares I killed in Mop. Really? Yeah. It was a challenge. And yeah. I was there for a while because she kept healing herself and I kept yeah. healing myself and we kept going back. I was like, you, you know what? You got to interrupt her heal. I figured that out. Yeah. And then I started interrupting her. I'm like, I got you now. <laughs> got you now, yeah. I got you now. It's good. Yeah, yeah, there's a few when I looked at that list for Glorious. There's a few that I recognize that I know I've seen. I just, I tried to fight them and I had to give up because oh. I was too under-geared or too under-leveled at the time that I saw them. Um, so yeah, I have to, to go back and finish that, Glorious. 50 yeah. Chivo points. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, one day, those things will be worth something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, turn them into karma on Reddit or something. Give me something to do with them. <laughs> right. Yeah. You should be able to buy a title. That's yeah. what you should be able to do with it. Buy your title. The Achiever. There you go. <laughs> you know, you can start off by getting like the Underachiever. Then, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with the Overachiever. Over <laughs> <laughs> See? Here's like your it. Hey Blizz for the day, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, we do have some uh, some emails from listeners here. This first one is from Kryal, I believe. Sorry if I mispronounced that. They are from the Les Sentinelas server. And they say, hello, just wanted to tell you that you've got a new listener in Switzerland. I discovered your show a few weeks ago, and I like it very much. I'm a casual player, too, and really relate to the topics you're talking about. Thanks for putting the show together. It now has a spot on my top podcast to listen to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. We appreciate that. You know, I think it's our first Switzerland listener that we know of. We do have another email here from Reston. Reston writes and he says, Root and Freckleface, long-time listener, first-time contributor. Hearthcast has always been my go-to show for the essence of the WoW experience. The material on your show comes from the heart of a player. The joys, losses, agonies, frustrations, and excitements you both share are dead on exactly what we all feel and go through. I've been playing WoW since Wrath, but have recently had to make the hard choice of leaving WoW and wanted to share with you why and how I came to this decision. I started raiding towards the end of Wrath of the Lich King and can easily say that by Kata I was a hardcore raider, raiding four nights a week. My raid team was amongst the first on our server to down Deathwing in both normal and heroic modes. While other people complain about nothing to do in WoW, my raid team worked on meta achievements bettering our time on runs, and giving ourselves in-raid challenges like No Pet Challenge, where no pet classes could use their pets, or our minimum gear level challenges, 
We were a happy, cohesive, well-oiled rating machine. We all pre-ordered MOP and were excitedly looking forward to getting into the new rating content. We made plans and had a course of action in place for gearing up as fast as we could to get our team into raids as soon as possible. When MOP hit, however, our plans fell completely apart. In order to gear up, we need a reputation. In order to get rep, we needed to do dailies. In order to do dailies, we needed to do other dailies. Along the way, there were other distractions. Scenarios, pet battles, fishing, farming, cooking, collecting mounts, killing rares, world bosses. The list goes on and on. Then it hit me. We had gotten so used to playing our game that we forgot we were playing their game. We were so used to raiding that when we weren't raiding anymore, we had no idea what to do with ourselves. The raid team started to fall apart. There's just not enough time to do it all anymore. I know we don't have to do it all, but I feel that WoW attracts completionists. Players feel the need to do everything they have available for them to do, or they feel like they're failing the game. The time we used to put into being raid ready is now spent, well, playing the game. Mop drew a line in the sand and set the true hardcore players apart from everyone else. If you're in a raid team doing current content, then you're playing 40 plus hours a week. You've got a full-time second job playing someone else's game exactly how they want you to play it. I want to play a cooperative group-based game that challenges the group as a whole with mechanics, environmental variables, and other components that must be specifically dealt with to achieve a common goal without the need to spend months of my time getting myself ready to do that while at the same time hoping the other members of my group are doing the same thing. Mop failed to deliver that. So I've had to make the decision to leave the game I've played for years. I've had to make the choice to say goodbye to the people I've gotten used to being around. I've had to accept that the game is no longer what it was, and that's okay, it's just not for me. Some raid teams have been able to make the transition with Mop to the new required playstyle, but most of the members of the raid team have moved on to LOL, some to Swartor, others to Defiance. If Blizzard ever comes up with a method that separates raiding from dailies and questing, as they have done with PvP, then I'll return. Until then, I'll continue listening to shows like HearthCast, reading MMO Champion and WoW Insider, and waiting. I admire the two of you for the work you have done over the past five years. Your show has set itself apart from the other shows with your maturity, humor, and honest opinions of the game. Always stay true to those values. It's what makes HearthCast, HearthCast, and why people will always love you and continue to listen to you. Oh, well, thank you for that. Man, I that kind of makes me sad, though. I think it's a pretty well-thought-out email. It was, yeah. Very worthy. Yeah, it makes me sad that you feel that way, though, that you left WoW. You know, there's some points that he made in there that, that I kind of, I can relate to. Yeah? Because something, you know, it kind of happened with our raid team a little bit, not not to well, that degree. You you've said before, it was it was what the, what was the analogy you used, the amusement park? Yeah, well, that came, that comes from Holloway, Hot Pox, whatever, yeah. you know, that was his analogy that, that when, when people hit Mop, it was like hitting an amusement park and everybody went their separate ways. Scattered. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know where that guy's coming from. Sure. Um, our, you know, but we seem to have a mildly cohesive team. 
uh, we've been hit by the uh, attendance boss recently, but you know. But I don't think we've lost members that have gone to other other games. That's you know. But I can understand if you know it's a game. If it's not what you want to play anymore, it's not what you want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. I get, I get that. I understand that. You know. I was talking to uh, JB Webb at at work, and uh, he recently got himself a PlayStation, and he's talking all about the PlayStation. And I'm like, well, if that's your bag, that's your bag. You yeah. Know? So, I was talking to a drunk guy about how he hadn't rated since old school, and old school is where I was at the Vanilla Wow. A drunk guy. Yeah. We went out to um, a Kore- Korean karaoke bar with my husband's coworkers. Okay. And one of his friends, like after about five or six beers, it's like, hey, you play WoW, right? You have a you have a blog or something, don't you? It's like, yeah, a podcast. He's like, oh, man, I just, I used to raid, but now it sucks. It's like, we used to take like eight hours to do Molten Core. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, well, you know, I think, I think MOP is really good because, you know, I find it easy to keep up with the content now. It's more accessible. He's like, oh, oh, you're, a, you're a casual player then. You do a podcast <laughs> and you don't raid, right? <laughs> I don't really know what his point was. He would, he, but I guess maybe sort of the same sentiment. If he could have been a little more coherent, he probably would have explained a little better. But I kind of understand what he's saying, and it's kind of the same thing a little bit about what what Reston is saying in his email. At least what I'm gathering is that WoW needs to have a particular difficulty level if you will okay if it's too hard it's only going to appeal to the people who like that level of challenge sure if it's too easy then it's going to seem like you know the hello kitty yeah i'm not gonna you know why why bother with this right so there's a balance that blizzard has to find Mm -hmm. and they will always be looking for that balance Mm -hmm. always the risk of that is if you're looking at the numbers you're looking at the black and white, you're looking at the accounting sheet, then that balance is going to cater to casual players because there's more casual players than there are hardcore players. So you've got to cater to your largest audience possible while still paying attention to your, if you will, you know, your your select elite audience of hardcore readers. Right. Yeah, I read a little bit of that interview with that method. Right. Um yeah, 16 hours a day. Playing WoW. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know they're going for, like, what, world first or something? Right, So, yeah. even still. Yeah. So, so, yeah, this has really intrigued me, and I'm I'm very curious to um, listen to other listeners who hear this. You know, what what do you guys think? Do you think it's it's too much time now to invest it to get ready for raiding? Do you think now we have too much to do so that if you want to do it all, you can't? And that it's detracting from rating. I don't know. I'm curious. I kind of like his know. his point about um, separating rating from the like, same thing they did with PvP. Right. With PvP to get away from like, do you have to do all these dailies to get the rep to get the gear to go into rating? If I recall correctly, Eclipse from Vote to Kick was leveling his character without doing any dailies whatsoever. And being ready. So going through the dungeon, going through heroics, 
going, to going through that tier system in the dungeon fighting. Right. Right. Just doing that. Right. And, and then, get, then into LFR. So he didn't want to do dailies at all. Right. So there would be a way. I don't think, is it faster? Sure. You know, but is it something you absolutely have to do? I don't know. I think it felt like that when Mop first came out. Because you go to the vendors and you would see this great gear. It's like, oh, I have to be revered. Well, now I have to do these dailies. And there was a lot of them. Mm. But those, it was like we talk, talked about in two episodes now. I mean, those dailies have become, you know, outdated and needed now. Another point Rustin made that I really liked was when he was talking about how they went from playing their game to Blizzard's game. Or as he called it, our game to their game. Okay. And... If you think back to Cataclysm, the end of Cataclysm, when people were entertaining themselves, you know, doing different challenges, running this, that, you know, like they said, they had the no pet challenge and the low gear challenge. So you're, in essence, writing your own meta rules for the game. Sure. And then when new content hits, nothing, none of that applies. Now, the... There's a thing in gaming, it's called illusion of choice. Right? When they were expressing this illusion of choice in the Enzo Cataclysm, they're like, no, we're playing the game the way we want to play it. Well, no, you're not. You're still playing Blizzard's game according to Blizzard's rules. You're just changing things on your end. The rules are the rules. They've always been the rules. Blizzard writes the rules and Blizzard maintains the rules. How you achieve those rules is up to you. So... The illusion there is that they've always been playing Blizzard's game. So, it's just interesting, though. Because I can kind of relate to that. Now you feel like you have to do stuff. Because, like, right now, I'm there in one spot. Like, I think it was before I went to Michigan. I had to do um, a scenario. A single scenario. Oh, when you missed the Isle of Thunder, you had to do a scenario yeah. before you can move on to the dailies. Right. I'm still mad. there. You're still mad about that? I'm still mad about it. I like look at it and go, I don't want to do it's it. It's a fun scenario. There's RP all over the place. You got to go knock somebody out. I don't want to do that right now. It's principle. Please. Oh, whatever. <laughs> no, but in a way, that's kind of, like in, in least, at least that little portion is how I interpreted what he was saying. Sure. Is now you have to go do something. I don't want to go do something. What if I want to go kill people? You can't until you do this. Oh. Well, well. But, hey, like Freck said, if you guys, you know, what's your opinions on this one? You know, is it something you have to do? Is there too much to do? Is stuff gated wrong? Yeah. Does rating take too much time now? I don't know. Let us know. Yeah. Appreciate it. And thank you, Rustin, again for that email. Very well put together. Today's totally tantalizing topic. Digging it. Archaeology for fun and personal gain. Brought to you by Open Raid. Well, Rude, I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. You have. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I've been kind of peppering episodes with it, but I wanted to... Sit down and talk about the nitty-gritty of archaeology. The nitty-gritty yeah. of archaeology. Yeah, you know, it's been around since Wrath. It has? It has. I think I'm level 25. Well, here's the thing. Despite all the benefits of it, it it got a really bad rap when it came out. Bad rap and wrath? Yeah. Rap and wrath? It did, because it was so tedious. 
and it took such a big time investment to make any progress in it. And I think a lot of people got put off on it. But they've actually made a lot of changes in Pandaria that have made it uh, that have made it move much faster and made it more enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Okay, impress me because, like I said, I'm level twenty five, and I hear people talking about archaeology, and I think I'd like the, some of those things. You would like some of the things. There are lots of things you can get. There's four pets. There's a mount. There's a count and bound gear, and right now you can get um, four fifty item level trinkets. There are all sorts of vanity items, achievements, plus it's like, it's a nice stress reliever. And it gives you this journal that you can go back and you can read when you have some downtime. So lots of fun reasons to do archaeology. You know, it's not going to help you get raid ready, sure, but it's fun. And I like it. Maybe that's why I quit doing it. Yeah? Because people would be like, Shouldn't you be running a dungeon or something? <laughs> Still got a strength ring there, Root? What's going on? <laughs> True. To start out with, we want to cover some of the basics of archaeology. So when you learn the skill, you'll go to your map and you will see four dig sites per continent for Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor. They're going to look like a small little shovel on the zoomed out map. And when you go to the actual zone... It will show up as a red area, usually kind of a circular area. Inside the dig site, you use your survey skill and you play a game of hot and cold until a sparkly thing appears in the ground, you loot it, and you get fragments of a particular type. And no new dig sites are going to spawn anywhere on the continent until you finish up one of the dig sites. So there's no competition for these. There's no time limit, nothing like that. They just There's four sites. And as soon as you finish one, another one will appear. Now about the fragments. Once you loot the fragments, now it's going to generate a completion status for an artifact in your journal. Once you have enough fragments, you can actually solve it and receive the item. And there's different types of fragments. um, Think about 10 different types. And they all have to do with different races in Warcraft. Sometimes you will receive a token of some sort that you can use when there's space in the journal for extra fragments. Now this token is can be bought and sold on the auction house. So if you get one you don't need it, you can make some money off of it. If you want to go really fast, you can go to the auction house and buy, buy these up. And like I said, the fossil types, each dig site will be of a particular type of fragment. And you're not going to know for sure until you get your first fragment what it is. Um, although you can kind of guess based on the area. For example, you can go to some place in the Eastern Kingdoms, and if there's a lot of dwarves around, like the Dark Iron Dwarves, it's going to be a, a dwarf dig site. If there's a lot of trolls, night elves, etc. So you can kind of guess. If there's a lot of animals, there's actually a fossil type of um, fragments. So you can kind of guess it's going to be fossil. So you're going to be stuck in Eastern Kingdoms and Kalendor up until level... 300, and then sites will also appear in Outland. You get four more sites there. At 375, four more in Northrend. At 450, as part of the Eastern Kingdoms in Kalimdor, you will also be able to dig in both Twilight Highlands and Oldham. And then finally at 525, you're able to dig up in Pandaria. When you are leveling from like 300 to... 375 and all that, do you have to go to, like, Outland? Or can you 
continue to level up at your existing dig sites in Eastern Kingdoms? I think it will not give you any more. I think it works like other professions if you stick with stuff that's too low low skill level for you. Okay. It will not. But those dig sites will still be there available for you to go dig whatever you want. It's just not going to give you the skill points. You do need to go through the whole cycle of... Gotcha. Yeah. So does the loot get better as you get more stuff? It's random. Or bigger dig sites, whatever? No, it's random. Okay. Because what you're doing is you get... You go to your dig site first and you dig up. Now I have some fossil fragments. Now you go in your journal and, and you're, um, you see the item that you're going to get when you solve it. And it's something like fossilized teeth. I'm making that up. Um, so you know before you actually get the item what you're going to get. Oh. I seem to remember sheep. I don't think there's anything to do with sheep. I think I saw a sheep. Hmm. All right, so... I kind of lost interest in archaeology okay. back in Cata. Okay. So, what's different now in Panda? Oh, there's lots of stuff. Oh. The biggest difference, and this didn't occur right, right in Pandaria, but the reason why people got so frustrated when it came out was that it was three digs per site and three fragments per dig. So, every site you got nine fragments. Got it. Now, it takes between 30 and 100 to make a solve. Oh. The continents are big and you only have four dig sites per continent and they're all spread out. So you think about how much traveling you have to do yeah. if you're only getting nine at a time to get between 30 and 100. Right now it's six digs per site and you get between five and nine fragments. So you're getting almost four times as much as you used to. Hmm. So it goes a lot faster. The sites are also smaller. Like when you go in the area, your little dig site is smaller. And that makes a huge difference when you're playing the hot and cold game. Because when you have a huge area and you just know it goes by colors, red red is far, yellow is medium, green is close. If you just get in red and it points off in a general direction, you really don't know how far is far, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Because yeah, you you like, oh, it's red, and you keep going, oh, it's still red. Keep yeah, going, keep exactly, going, keep exactly. Going. Yeah. It just makes it a lot harder when the dig site's big, and in the, the old uh, continents, is, they tend to be bigger sites. And even, like, the dig sites in Pandaria, like, they're almost too small. Because hmm. I've had several times where I'll dig and get a thing, and then I'll get, I'll dig again, I'll get a fragment in the exact same spot. So they've almost made it a little bit too easy. Hmm. It's not quite challenging enough now. Tweaked it too much. So the with the older content, when you get when you got something like fossilized teeth, and you solved it, you'd actually get a little item in your bag. If it wasn't a rare, you just get this vendor trash. And mind you, the vendor trash might be worth up to two hundred gold. So it wasn't a bad thing. No. But it's what you got is is basically vendor trash. Um, now what you get is something you convert into currency. In the currency, you can actually buy things that can um, make your digging in Pandaria faster. Like, you can make it randomize all the spots. But the best thing to do is you go to Bran Bronzebeard. And even though it says he's a trainer, he's actually a vendor. So you click on him, and then you go, let me in on your other projects. Ooh. So he actually sells all the other non-Pandaria fragments. Oh, so I can right. just... 
So let's say you're in Pandaria, you solve you solve an artifact. You get a little currency. You go to Bran, you trade that for other fragments of other types. So for example, right now I'm trying to get the little hand The butt pet. scratcher. Yes. I've yeah. been see I've been talking there a few weeks to still don't have it. Ooh. So that you get from Tolvir fragments. Now, the Tolvir is kind of special in that it, the dig sites for that only spawn in Oldham. But here's the thing. There's four for per continent. So there's only four in Kalimdor. So if I go right now in Kalimdor and there's no dig spot in Oldham, that means I have to go somewhere else and dig that place up and hope that the next thing that spawns is in Oldham. Oh, wow. So I have to do that until more dig sites spawn in Oldham. Instead, what I can do is just keep on doing my thing in Pandaria. While I am getting Pandaria stuff, I'm also getting currency that lets me just buy the Tolvir fragments. Oh, okay. So it goes slower, but if you take the time it, but if you consider the time it takes for travel and for digging up things that you don't need just for something else to spawn that you do need, it actually kind of balances it out. Pandaria also introduced pristine versions of the different artifacts. Ooh. I've mentioned that before, but what it is, is you get an object that starts a quest, you go and turn it in. Now it actually is a physical object that you can see in your little personal museum of where the lore walkers are. Oh yeah, you've mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah. And when you turn it in, you get three times the currency that you normally would from a general artifact, and you get one of those little tokens that gives you extra. Bonus? Yeah. And there's an achievement of getting a pristine version of all of all the artifacts, so you have that to work for. And in fact, I've actually gotten every single one of the objects you can get from in Pandaria. And I haven't been going that long. I'm still working in all the older stuff. But it's they've kind of balanced it out as in there's there's less objects to get and they're easier to get, but they also added that extra tier like, if you really want to go for getting the achievement of pristine items, that takes a long time. Hmm. So they've got it so satisfied both people are into it casually and people who kind of want to go hardcore play, yeah. Yeah. play archaeology all day. Got it balanced out really well. Yeah. So the difference in play style now is that what used to take um, an hour or two before you got anything, now you can just go for like 15 minutes and get something. Hmm. So it really fits into more of... Yeah, I need something to do while I'm waiting for LFR to pop or waiting for a raid to get together. Or waiting for a new computer? I'm waiting for new... No, because you need your computer to do this. No, I have a computer. Oh, you, yeah. Uh, I need a new computer. <laughs> you need something that's not going to kill your graphics. Yeah. I'm yeah. all technical like you, that. Yeah, no. Yeah. Just, wow. I, yeah. Just, geez, just drop it. Like it's hot. <laughs> drop them geek terms, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Like graphics. <laughs> No, no, I mean, I'm seriously intrigued by this again, because yeah. I think my biggest issue with it last time was I could go all over the place, got to spend a lot of time here, right? and I get very little progress. It seemed like they made uh, a profession for the person who loves to grind, not in a good way. <laughs> well, you still have to do a bit of grinding, to be fair, because okay. you still got to level up. But once you get past that and you get your skill level up into Pandaria section, oh, wait, it's easier. Oh, wait, wait, What? So, when I start this off uh-huh. in Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor, uh-huh. 
I don't get the faster, closer. No, you gotta work your more, way up. More drops per all that. No, you still you still get the dig sites have still been improved all the way around. Oh, okay, okay. You're still getting the the six times between five and nine. All right, all right. So it will still go faster from the ground up of how it used to be. But as far as getting the object that you turn in for currency, that only happens in Pandaria. I got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but man, I got um, a pterodactyl hatchling uh, as a pet. That's cool. And this thing is a beast a in pet beast. battles. Absolute beast. That's cool. I mean, he is fast and he is powerful. It's a it's a flying pet. Is y'all like? Yeah. Wow. Cool. He's just he's really strong. So I was very happy with that. So I have almost all the pets. I have the mount. I'm waiting on two different things. Which mount? The the raptor mount, the raptor bone mount. Oh, I may have to start doing this. I, it was one of those things that I said I would never do. Remember, I said I wanted to go back. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Well, here's the other the other trick too. If you are at least uh, level eighty five and you've gone through little some of the cataquest, a good way to travel is to use those portals and storm in Orgamar. Oh. Yeah. Because if you're Horde, that means you can go, you can get an Orgrimmar, which is um, the north area of Kalimdor, and you can port to Oldham, which is the south part of Kalimdor. Yeah. Um, if you're Alliance, you can port to Darnassus, which is at the north, and then Oldham at the south. For the eastern kingdoms, if you're Horde, you can only port to um, Undercity, which is north. And then the middle, Twilight Highlands. Mm. And then if you're Alliance, you can do Stormwind, which is at the south. And then also Twilight Highlands in the middle. So both sides have a way to go to either, at least in the middle of both continents. Right, right, so right, right. You should, it should cut down the travel some. That's good, because I like to travel. Good. Good, yeah. good. And Tom Tom is super helpful. I'm just you know throwing in random um awesome add-ons but if you're going to some a place that's three zones over it's hard to navigate sometimes when you're going through the old continent you know there's there's mountains and you're yeah oceans Oceans. and so if you back out and trees set your tom-tom it's you know it's going a straight path so there's that i have yet to see you fly in a straight path what lies what? Lies your keyboard turner when you fly. As opposed to what? Mouse. Um, when I use mouse to move, I didn't dismounting myself. <laughs> I did that the other day, so yeah. I can't laugh too much. <laughs> I was, and it was one of those like, you know, now that I'm I'm back in doing um, destruction, is I don't get my morph into my meteor anymore. I'm like, oh, there I go. <laughs> Good. I'll be right with you. Got to die first. I mean, I had time to talk. Okay, <laughs> so that's always yeah. the worst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you know it's coming, like oh, I just dismounted and I'm falling and I'm gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's bad is I'll play in my rogue for a while and the rogue has a passive ability called safe fall. Like they can just fall for much farther distances, like either without dying, without taking damage in their classes. So I kind of get that feel in my mind of how far I can jump. Sure. And then I get on my hunter, and then I go splat. 
That's funny. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. That's funny. Well, thank you for that very insightful information on archaeology. I am, I want to give it a shot. Are you going to dig it? Ha! <laughs> uh, I think it will. Okay. We'll see. We'll see how we'll it see. goes. Hey, Fred, guess who's on a line with us right now? I hope it's Dead Guy. It is Dead Guy. Dead Guy, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, it's good to hear. Yeah, it is good to you hear. You keep them busy? Uh, very. I'm running, keep running two raids a week with Open Raid. Uh, we're actually starting to do theme months. This month was 10-man Wrath of the Lich King raid content. Oh. Uh, next month is Tier 11 content. What? Meta achieves primarily. Uh, tier 11 is Throne of the Four Winds, Blackwing Descent, and Bastion of Twilight. You doing that when? Uh, next month next is the month. theme month. In May? In May, yes. Oh, because I actually need all those. Yes. Uh, yeah. that I'm not only going to be running them. Uh, all the raid leaders are going to be running raids about those throughout the month. Sweet. That is cool. Because I still need the meta achievement for doing all the... Um... That tier that you just said. <laughs> tier 11. Yes. There what, you go. What is the meta achievement for tier 11? Uh, glory of the Cataclysm Raider. Oh, that yes. thing. I got that. That That's that's what those are called. It's always right. Glory of X Raider. Cool. I want Glory of X Raider because I feel like an X Raider right now. <laughs> and I did just do another Mogishin Vaults last night, Alliance side. Full clear, an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, great. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Like butter. Yes, it was. And the best part was, is not only was it that easy, it was that easy with people who still needed upgrades from there. Awesome. So it's not like the entire raid team just overgeared it so hard. Right. Right, right, right. Still requires. Did you guys wipe it all or just straight through? It sounds like you went straight through. We went straight through. We half wiped on Spirit Kings because people still. That is a fight where you don't kill everyone else when you mess up, but you kill yourself catastrophically if you mess up. Mm-hmm. So we had some people insta splat, and yeah, they they instantly died, and there wasn't anything we could do. Ah, that sounds awesome. Now, how far are you on your regular rating? Uh, let's see. I am eight out of twelve in Throne of Thunder. We just got Primordius last week. And we are working on Dark Animus. Normal, oh. of course. And That's I just finished tough. my quest for my legendary metagem. Woo. Ooh. Oh. I can't use it, though. And then what? Uh, the next quest is to kill the last six bosses in Throne of Thunder and uh-huh. get a rare drop off of them repeatedly. I think it's going to take a lot less time, but I still have to work on that. I've oh, okay. Gotcha. Cool. Also, also, the biggest thing I'm happy about, if you care, I broke 200 mounts. Nice. How'd you break them? Uh, over an anvil with a stick. Awesome. Oh. I'm digging it. Seriously, though, I have, 200, I have 202 mounts on Dead Guy right now, and I found a website through Wowhead, I don't even remember the URL, that tracks the uh, top world cross-account mount count. So it counts all the mounts of all your different tunes, so it even includes Paladin-specific mounts or Warlock-specific mounts, and it also counts Alliance and Horde-only mounts. And on that website, I found out I was, like, number 20 on the server, and I was missing 30 VendorBot Alliance mounts, so I went, uh-huh. oh... I have a level 90 Alliance Death Knight. Let me just go buy those mounts. And then I'm now number one on the server. Nowhere near number one in the world, 
But now I'm number one on my server, which is hey, cool. that's something. Uh, no, let's see. Num- on my server, I'm number one with 271 mounts, but number one in the world is like 330 mounts. Oh, you can get that in like a week. Go. <laughs> yeah, if I paid lots of money. <laughs> Some glods. It's just glods. No, 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 no. It's not glods, dude. I uh, would need I- IRL money to buy stuff like the Spectral Tiger. Oh, yeah. Just hit up eBay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deadgad, last week we were talking about ways that people can catch up and, you know, with the current content. And I know that one of the ways that you have taken both myself and Freckleface on is uh, is killing some mobs around uh, Azeroth. You can even over. say Pandaria. I guess I could say Pandaria if I wanted to. Because so, they're only in Pandaria. That would be true. So tell us about these guys and, and what, what the, the benefits are of killing them. Sure. Uh, there's two types of mobs. There are call, what are the, they are called Zandalari War Scouts and Zandalari War Bringers. There are two Zandalari War Scout spawns per zone and one Zandalari War Bringer per zone that has them. They are on the, only in the coastal zones of Pandaria. So the coastal zones being Kun Lai, the Jade Forest, Krasarang, Dreadrace, and Town Long. There are none in Valley, there are none in Vale, and there are none in the Veiled Stair. It's all around the beach, basically. Yes. Okay. What they are is they are meant to be current content PvE world mobs where it's supposed to be a little bit of competition with people on your server to who can tag the rare spawn. The War Scouts have a couple, like a one to two hour uh, respawn timer and the Bringers are on the order of somewhere around three. I'm not exactly sure. I just know that's the general range. And let's see. The War Scouts are intended to be soloable but hard. And the war bringers are intended to be done with a group. War scouts have about five million health, and war bringers have about twenty million. So, what do they drop? What do you get from them? Sure, the war scouts always drop one stolen insignia, which is a rep item for one of the main daily reps of Pandaria. So, there's one for Shadow Pan. There's one for Golden Lotus, Claxi. Uh, Stuff like that. There isn't anyone for Tillers. There isn't one for Order the Cloud Serpent. But a lot of the other base ones exist. What they do is they give you a thousand rep, and the item is bound to account. And it is affected by all reputation gains. Uh, a repu- get reputation gain bonuses. Sure. So if you have the diplomacy, if you're a human, your guild perk, if and you have a, the much more buff, uh, the much more significant buff, of course, being the Grand Commendation, which doubles all rep right, gains. Right, right. So you can rep up your alts crazy fast. That's how I used it. You can, of course, use it for your main, too. I'm not saying otherwise. I'm saying once you have the Grand Commendation, the amount of rep you get per kill gets silly. Uh, let's see. Scouts drop one insignia. They have a chance to drop a small Zandalari bag which is the same as the uh, small bag of goods that drops off any Pandaria rare. It has the exact same drop table. Uh, some gold, uh, chance at Mozart Harmony, and chance at two random craft items. Uh, sorry, two random trade skill items. And they also have a chance to drop the big bag of Zandalari supplies, which are awesome. Mm-hmm. The kind of stuff they have in it, uh, let's see. You, they all, all, the ba- all the big bags of Zandalari su- uh, supplies have a theme. 
So if you get the cloth one, what it'll contain, it'll contain between 50 to 70 windwool cloth, 10 to 20 bolts of windwool cloth, 10 to 20 dense windwool bandages, and 10 to 20 Eternium threads. Wow. Yeah. They're all like that. They drop a crap ton of stuff, and they all have themes, like there's a leather bag, an enchanting bag, an herb bag, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And honestly, I'm even though I'm exalted on all the characters I care about, I still farm the scouts because those bags of goodies are worth so much money. Now, on to Warbringers. They also drop insignias. Instead of dropping one, they drop three. Guaranteed. They always drop a small bag of Zandalari goods, so the one that contains two trade skill items at random. They also have a chance to drop a big bag of Zandalari supplies. And then finally, and one of the reasons there's such great competition for them, is they also drop mounts unique to them. Specifically, Primordial Dire Horns. There are three of them. There's Jade, Amber, and Slate. They're just color changes, but they do look pretty nice. I prefer the Amber myself. And another cool thing about them is, even though the mobs are all called Zandalari Warbringers... If they drop a mount, it is guaranteed to be the color mount that they are currently riding. Mm. So you can see before you even engage what they're going to drop, if they're going to drop it. Right, right. It's about a 4 to 5% drop chance, so you have no idea if they're going to drop it or not. But sure. you know, if they drop it, what color it will be. Gotcha. Uh, it took me, I was farming with a friend of mine. And it took us 100 kills for both of us to get all six mounts. That's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. It took a while, and we made lots of money. We have trade skill mats coming out our butts. Don't know what to do with them. Well, I would hope you wash them first. Well, yeah. <laughs> you just don't tell anybody either. <laughs> all right. So um, somebody who's never uh, farmed these before, you wouldn't go out, okay, I'm going to kill some more scats and more bringers. What's the plan of action? Uh, the plan of action is if you're going to be killing war scouts, you better be up for a fight because, again, they have 5 million health. Uh, they melee decently hard, but anybody should be able, anybody who's you know at least heroic dungeon geared should be able to survive their melee. What's more important is their abilities because those can be pretty dangerous. They always have a suite of five abilities to pick from, and they always pick randomly three. If you look at them, they have buffs, and if you read the buffs, it tells you which abilities they have. These include such things as Scarab Swarm, where they summon a bunch of scarabs that come out and melee you. Uh, They know something called Meteor Swarm, where they drop a bunch of dodgeable meteors. Stuff like that. They always have three abilities, and these abilities are very dangerous. Some of them, uh, none of them will kill you outright if you're at full health, but if you're at all sloppy, you will die very, very, very fast. Let's see. They also move around. They have set spawn points. They have set pats. But they move around a lot, so it's be- your best bet is to look them up on Wowhead to see where all they patrol. It's pretty broad. It's very hard to describe. Gotcha. Warbringers don't move. Uh, once they spawn, they just sit there. They're also very big, can be seen pretty far away, and they also have a pterodax, you know, like a, an armored pterodactyl mob that floats above where they spawn. The pterodax you never have to kill, has no special loot. You should just basically ignore it. It's only there to let you know where the Warbringer spawns. Well, that was nice of them to put that there. Mm-hmm. 
And again, unless you are pretty hoss, I would advise not trying to solo Warbringers. Uh, I can't even do it. Sorry. Me playing perfectly for 12 to 15 minutes straight, because that's how long it would take me to kill it in my tank set, I could possibly maybe kill it. Uh, but if I messed up once, I would splat on the ground. <laughs> so you suggest a group of about how many to be comfortable? Uh, to be comfortable, three to four would be comfortable. Anything more than that, and it gets trivialized. Yeah. Less than that, and it gets tougher and tougher. Well, uh, plus me more, and my... you have more competition. Exactly. Yeah. Me and my friend duoed it, but we are, you know, Throne of Thunder Raiders, normal sure. mode. And we practiced at it for a while before we got it completely down. Gotcha. Well, what about where to go? Like, um, if you want to go, go start looking for these guys, where do you start out? You said they, would you just make a big circle around Pandaria and the beach? That's more, that's what one? I do. Yeah. Um, I don't really go along the beach because it's, that would take too long. I just cut across zones because I know okay. there's spot points. Like, um, kind of make a zigzag. Probably, uh, Crassering to Dreadways to Town Long. I, I, basically, my normal starting point is Crassering and then end in Jade Forest going clockwise. Or you can go the opposite direction. The longest hike is going from uh, Jade Forest to Crassering Warbringers, so I never mm-hmm. go that direction. Oh, okay. So this sounds like a really good way if someone's just coming in, um, either after taking a break or new, new to the game, they want to get caught up and they want that rep. It's a really fast way to get rep, is what you're saying too. As long as far and as well as money and trade goods and mounts, even possibly, right? Yes, so long as you win the race to get the tag. If you're <laughs> on a high population server, then if you're on a high population server at high play times. You might have very hard time getting any kills. If you pick a low play time or if you're on a low pop server, then you might get be able to go, I do a full sweep, kill all of them, wait an hour, and start the sweep again, and look, they all respawn. Oh, yeah. 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 I hear you. Well, that's some great tips. You broke it down very well, I think. Thanks. So I was even a little bit confused at what's going on. I mean, you've just kind of been like, freckle face, let's go, and then I go and I kill stuff. And I <laughs> don't know that I was even really sure what we were doing, but... Well, you know my modus operandi is yes. I don't tell you what's going on, no. but 99 times out of 100, you get something you want out of it. You just didn't realize it before I invited you. <laughs> You're going to like it, even if you don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you'll find out afterwards why you liked it. <laughs> he has explained to me sometimes I still don't know. Yeah, I try. I use, you know, in-game proper terms that are explained in-game, and he still doesn't get it sometimes. Oh, well, that's your problem. You're not saying the one guy with the horns over yeah. in that one place with the river. Ex- yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're that's talking what about. Saying, right? yeah. That's the guy and we I, killed. I know, that I one day. <laughs> we played now like I, late. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm completely lost. I'm not. I know exactly what she's talking about. It's perfectly clear to me. And we had to be an interpreter between you guys. <laughs> We're not even speaking the same language here. No. <laughs> Made sense to me. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Also, I wanted to interject something from a while ago. I, I meant to say this earlier. Uh, when I finished the first part of this patch's legendary quest chain, which is where I got my legendary metagen, I can't use it. Oh, uh, Why? Because it requires a Throne of Thunder helm to equip it, and I don't have a Throne of Thunder helm. What do you have? I have one from Galleon. 
Oh, and then he got the 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 set bonus, right? Mm, no. No. Galleon's just random loot that is not part of a tier set. Oh, he doesn't have the PvP gear. No, uh, no. no. Galleon drops PVE gear. Oh, see, I've never uh, even actually got anything from him, so I wouldn't know. I have okay. a Throne of Thunder helm. Do you? From Raid Finder. Does that count? Yeah. Yes, it does. All the legendary quests this X pack are meant to be able to be completed on Raid Finder. They may take longer, but you're able to do it. So, therefore, it wouldn't make any sense if you couldn't use it using Raid Finder gear. Right. Do that. Fair. Yeah, I have uh, 11 out of the 20 secrets. I have two. Yeah. Well, that's because you don't do Raid Finder because you've been busy. He's been busy. Yeah. When he wasn't busy, he was doing it. And also, you need like 40 trillion bars, which was kind of weird. easy. Yeah, it wasn't hard. It was just weird. I can't wait for the price to go up on that. When most people get to that point of the quest, I think the price will go up. been waiting for it to happen since 5.2. It hadn't yet. Right. Actually, on my server, all the raiders are getting that quest done this week. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Now, I'm talking like normal mode raiders. Right. LFR people are still lagging a couple yeah. weeks behind, which is on my server is the vast majority of my server who does PVE content are LFR. Cool. Thanks again for joining us on this episode and imparting it us or with us your knowledge of the game. I always look forward to the, the Me wisdom. Too. So the insights are fantastic. They are. I'm glad to be of help. And we look forward uh, to having you back on the show again very soon. This podcast is part of the Ego Podcasting Network. Awesome add-ons. This add-on is called Battle Pet Daily Tamers. Now, when you pick up the quest for pet battles, you receive these account-wide quests that have you defeat these tamers um, throughout each continent, starting out in Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor, um, and progressing, just like we talked about through archaeology, progressing through Outlands and Northrend, and then the Cataclysm areas and ending up in Pandaria. After you've completed each of these quests once, they actually become a daily. Each of the tamers. The quest might have you defeat uh, four different tamers, but each of them becomes an individual daily quest once you're done. Now, these dailies will give you extra pet experience, and some of them reward satchels that inside might contain a pet, such as the porky pet, um, or stones to upgrade your pets to rare quality, whether they're class specific or the general ones and they can also contain other fun accessories um, to play with your pet or wash it or make it bigger or smaller now the problem is is they're very spread out and it's difficult to find them even if you know where the general area is like I had the biggest issue I knew there was one in winter spring I knew it was north east but it always took me a good two to three minutes to find it. Every single day I went to go find it. They just they don't show up until you're right next to them. You I don't know why. Yeah. And yeah, and it doesn't show up on the map. There's no quest thing on the map for you to do it. Um, but what Battle Pet Daily Tamers does is an add-on. It puts a little paw on your map and your mini-map for each tamer that gives you a quest and for each part of the Beast of Fable quest. And it's color-coded by whether or not it gives you a satchel. When you actually hover over the paw, here's the great thing it does. It will tell you the types of pet that you're going to be fighting against. 
so you can set up your team before you even get there. And it removes the paw from the map once the quest is completed for the day so you can keep track easier. And in patch 5.3 they've announced there's going to be a new achievement for completing all the dailies in one day. So this add-on will be invaluable for getting that done. All the pet battle dailies? Yes. Ooh, how many? Like 10? Oh, more than that. Oh. Yeah. I'd have to count, but there's a lot. You have to go to you know all the continents and all the ones in Pandaria. And You'll get it the first day. I will get it the first day. Yes, It'll take will. a few hours. So whatever day I have to put a few hours just doing pet battle dailies. Yeah, yeah, but. whatever. You'll take time off and do it. I know. You <laughs> want to? Yeah. Then you'll gloat in guild. Uh, <laughs> so you know about the Beast of Fable quest? I know you're very unfamiliar with pet battles, but yeah, I have no idea what you're talking. Okay, about. Okay, so. The end content with pet battles now is the daily quest where you have to kill 10 different pets. Okay. And they're scattered throughout Pandaria. There's two to three per zone. The problem with the quest tracking system is that you open up your map and only shows you, like, if it's tracked, it only shows you the one. They'll see, like, number one, and it'll be, like, a yellow dot in your map. And that is where one of the pets are. Ooh. But sometimes on your way there, you passed another pet that you needed and didn't realize it. Because oh. it's only showing you the one place the to go. One, yeah. So what this add-on does is it puts a little paw on your map for all of them. So you can actually look at your map and go, okay, this is the best path we need to take. And we can go around until I finish all of them. Nice. So it's, you know, and we love, we love add-ons, like you said, that just do one thing and do one thing well. Yeah. Especially for me, because I have very little tolerance for not being able to understand how an add-on works. So this is just beautiful. It does it beautifully. And now that I have it, I can't live without it. <laughs> so if you're into pet battles and you want to keep track of the dailies, it is Pet Battle Daily Tamers. Awesome. This is Brett. You are listening to the most awesome show, Hearthcast. Well, Freck, that about does it for episode number 166. However, we've still got Hearthies left to give away. So if you know somebody out there in the World of Warcraft community that you think stands above other people by their own merits, not just because they want to be like, oh, that, but if they're actually like good people doing wild stuff and good things for a while, let us know. We'll check them out, and if we agree... That they are some outstanding citizens, then we will bestow upon them one of the highest rewards possible that we can give from our podcast, our hearthy. From our hearth to theirs, a hearthy. And while you're out running around on the internet, be sure to stop by the WoW Podcast subreddit over on reddit.com. That's reddit.com forward slash r forward slash wow podcasts, plural. There you'll find all the latest and greatest wow podcasts, ones you've probably never even heard of before. Some, maybe not even a language you don't understand. Like, I don't understand French, and there's French podcasts. But I like when I say, le wow. So, yeah. All my French, I learned from Little Mermaid. Sorry. Les poissons, <laughs> les poissons. Oh, I want to give a shout out to our friends and our fans on Facebook and Twitter. Especially to at Zombie Dan on Twitter. I got to get a we new have, Twitter app. A new Twitter app? Yeah. 
I got rid of the Twitter app I had. I got some Janet or something it's called. I what? Don't know. It's horrible. Don't get it. Do you not like Tweetcaster anymore? That's it, what I It use. was like bogging down my phone. Oh. And so I'm like, let me try this other thing. And it's horrible. Don't get it. I get okay. like no alerts, no nothing. Like yeah. I just checked like the other day and there was a message from Twiz from like three weeks ago or oh. whatever. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. So, yeah, I need another Twitter app. Hmm. Speaking of Twitter. What about the general Twitter app? I probably just going to go that one. I don't know. Yeah. At least you're not giving your permission over to some third party. Yeah. So I think it makes me nervous. I don't know. I need another one. Also, don't forget to check out the fine podcast over at the Ego Networks. And to the Training Dubbings podcast. And to Vote to Kick podcast with Synergy, Akari, Eclipse, and Drithan. They're at twitch.tv slash vote to the number two kick. They're on live Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Hang out in the chat room. Harass them while they're talking. You sound like you speak from experience. No, no, no. I never harass people. You can be part of next week's show by sending us your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Shoot an email over to contribute at hearthcast.com. Tweet me at HearthCastRec or Root at HearthCastRoot. Like our Facebook page or send us a voice message on HearthCast.com through SpeakPipe. No registration or installation required. We'd again like to thank our sponsors for Season 5. That would be Open Raid. And we'd like to thank Reston and Crawl for their submissions to episode number 166. You can find HearthCast on iTunes, Stitcher, or just drop our RSS feed into your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface for HearthGas.com. Hello, my name is Demonic Rick, a.k.a. Richard Harlow. Three years ago, while attending a prestigious art school for a degree in 3D animation, I lost my vision due to a rare optic nerve disease called Lieber's Optic Neuropathy. Though my dreams were crushed to become an animator, I did not give up. I went into psychology and became an advocate for people with disabilities. While being very active at my university, I actually never stopped playing WoW. I made the game accessible for me through the use of add-ons, and I can say that I competed at a hardcore level while making sure people couldn't tell that I was actually blind and I could only see about one-eighth of the screen at any moment, with that one-eighth being very, very blurry. I also got into podcasting and created funny segments with my warlock about accessibility, which then led me into stand-up comedy. In my routine, I like to satirize what it's like to actually have a disability and the funny things that happens in day-to-day life being blind. And quite recently, I opened up for famous Canadian comedian Tom Green. Now I come to you asking for your help or support. There's a drug out there that can actually potentially restore my vision. Unfortunately, it is too expensive for me to acquire. No medical insurance company wants to help me and neither does my government. The drug itself costs a minimum of $12,000, but an estimate of $24,000. Now after seeing the show that I did with Tom Green, a local couple wanted to get involved, and they started up a fundraiser for me on the website Fundraiser, that's Fund R-A-Z-R, entitled Help Richard Harlow See Again. 
so if you'd like to donate, I would be very much appreciative. Now the fundraiser ends on May 3rd, and any money donated to me that is not directly used for my drug treatment will actually get donated to a charity that helps the blind. If you'd like to contact me and have a question, would like to see my videos, or hire me to go on tour to your location, you can like my Facebook page at Richard Harlow Comedy, or you can find me on Twitter at Demonic Rick without a K. You can help Richard Harlow see again. Poisson, les poissons. <laughs> I love little Fiji, don't you? Give me that sign. Thanks. Yeah. I know what that sign means. <laughs> it means cut and paste and audacity. <laughs>